right. How's everybody doing this morning? To your guests this morning, thank you for coming out. Um, it's good to see you. And I want everyone to stand where they are. Stand up. All right. We are embarking on a new sermon series, and we're only going on a two years on a, on a journey, spiritual journey. And uh, there's a scripture that we're using that you seen when you walked in the building. You saw, dare to believe, dare to believe. And then you saw the scripture, Mark 11, 24. Now, everyone say with me, dare to believe. Dare to believe. Say, I am daring to believe. I am daring to believe. From great things. From God. Now we're going to read the scripture together and put some faith in the room. How many of you put some faith in the room? All right. One person. Here we go. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, received it, received it, and it'll be yours. It'll be yours. It'll be mine. It'll be yours. It'll be his. It'll be hers. It'll be GPC. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. I like when faith is in the room. I'll be preaching for four hours. Now you may be seated. I want to welcome you to our Dare to Believe series. And I'm going to unpack some things this morning about our church and where we're going as a church. Today, you know, as we do this, it's going to be the next few weeks we're going to have, we're going to talk about a spiritual journey, and it's called Generations. And what God's doing, calling us to do, he wants to increase, enhance our capability, enhance our um, capacity to reach more people, and enhance our ca capacity to build community. And how we respond in our generosity and our commitment will play a vital role in this journey. So I want, I'm going to engage everybody as we talk about this. God has put something upon Grace Point Church only that Grace Point Church can do. And it's going to take everybody. Say everybody. everybody. Say every generation, every generation is going to be working together with this. And what we're going to do today, we're going to start with the vision for it. Vision for generations. That's the title today. As you walked into the building, you saw a lot of things there. Generation table. As you walked in the building, you saw a great tree. We're going to be unpacking things every week that you're all going to be able to participate in. Even today, you'll start with something new. And we're really excited about what God is doing and where he's going to be taking us. And today, what I want to do is just show you about what vision is and how you can start. Any, before we can start any step, we got to know the why. We got to know the what. And this is a vision that God has. And whenever you see a vision, whenever you ask what a vision is, some people ask, what is a vision, Pastor Rich? What is a vision? Well, let me give you an answer to that. A vision is a clear picture of a preferable future. A clear picture of a preferable future. Us walking in the kingdom of God, we have to always have the eyes of faith. When you walk, we can say, this is how life is. But whenever you pick up your Bible, this is where... This is how it's supposed to be. And how many know God, as we just finished Easter, God has a preferable future for each and every one of us. He had one when he sent Jesus himself to die on the cross for us. Amen. Raise, ascended, open access for us to have a relationship with the Father. God had a vision for us not to be separated from him, but to be reunited with him. And those who accept Christ has free access to God. But he, he knocked down the walls of separation when Jesus died. 
Jesus fulfilled that, and he's fulfilling that vision today for us. He's still working. How many agree with that? I love it in Luke 9, chapter 51, when he was about to go into Jerusalem. No, he was going to die. He was trying to get the disciples ready. Some of them got it, some of them didn't get it. But it says he set his face to go to Jerusalem. He set his face to fulfill the mission and the vision that God had for us. It says when he was on the cross in Hebrews chapter 12, for the, the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He looked further. He had a vision for us, and he had a vision to see us sitting in these seats right now, preaching his name, singing to him, and worshiping him. That's what he saw, redeemed people. And it's a big vision that God had that only he can fulfill because we weren't good enough to do that. So when we talk about vision, we, there's two things I want to uncover before I unpack what's going on around us. The first one is if you take God has two attributes of vision. And God's vision always, number one, aligns with his mission and is always bigger than you. God's vision always aligns with his mission and is always bigger than us, bigger than you. I'll give you an example of that. In Matthew 28, 18 to 20, he said, And Jesus came and said to him, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Everyone say all. all. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching, uh, Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all. Everyone say all. all. That I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. How many of that's a big vision, a, a preferable future? And he employs us to do it. How many of that's huge? How many of that's beyond us? But we have a God who equips us and empowers us to do it. Now, when you read that scripture, here's the thing. God did not put this as good advice. When you unpack it, the word in the Greek means go. It means when you go. And you will make. It's a command. It's an imperative language that we will go, regardless if we like it or not. That's part of what he calls us to do. So it's imperative that we get this. But how many knows that's kind of, that can be kind of fearful? I'm the, uh, the book I'm, I'm reading, well, I just finished reading a second time called Chase the Lion by Mark Batterson. He said this, is the, the greatest portion he says, he says, uh, your dream is not scary, it's not big enough. If your dream doesn't scare you, it's not big enough. Well, I put this in vision. If our vision is not big enough, it's not God. If I can accomplish what God has called me to do, it's not big enough. It's not God. It's me. It's me. When I looked at this, and how, did, how is this playing the, into uh, a church, Grace Point Church? Well, three years, four years ago, our mission statement, vision statement was connect, grow, serve. And I examined that. And I couldn't put my hands around it, and I couldn't fit it in to what he has called us to do as making disciples. I couldn't fit it into Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Just didn't seem right. It didn't have a, a point of us doing it. It's connect us great, you know, grow, how do you grow, and then we'll serve. But there's nothing there to me. So the Lord had put on my heart to change the vision of the church. And our vision of our church is reaching people and building community. Reaching people and building community. Now, Pastor Rich, this is how you get out of Matthew 28. When he says, when you go, you go. As we're going, we're reaching. We're going, we're reaching. My campus, I'm reaching my neighborhood, I'm reaching my workplace. 
I'm going there every day anyway, and I'm on a mission to make disciples. Can I get an amen? So I'm going to go and reach. Now, I'm not going to just leave them there. I'm going to make disciples. Now, that means to build. You need to build something. And you, we build people. Jesus says, I will build my church. But he says for us to make disciples, to build community. So when you look at that, that's what Grace Point Church is all about. Everything we do is about reaching and building. When we do, we feed the poor. That's compassion. But we also do it with the Great Commission. So we have compassion mixed with commission because we want to feed them, but we also want to, imp- we want to empower them to reach other people. So when you look at our statement, basically why we exist as a church, why we're here in Abilene, Texas, here's the reason. We exist to reach the people of Abilene, Texas, with the gospel of Jesus Christ and build a community of disciples and leaders who will make disciples. Bottom line is we are called to make disciples. And that is the great commission. And everything we do has to build around that. If it doesn't go there, we don't do it. I'm not going to have a soup kitchen because we have one. I'm not going to have a food locker because we have one. We'll have compassion, but when they come in to get the food, they're going to they're receive the gospel. Come on, somebody. That's what the great, with compassion and commission. So everything we build around is making disciples. So if God's vision always aligns with his mission, it's always bigger than us. So everything we're doing is bigger and beyond what we think we can do on our own, which makes it exciting, which makes it very exciting. Think about it. Makes it very exciting. Second thing is, I was looking at, when you look at that lines, because again, vision is a picture of a preferable future. Second thing vision does, always does, it builds community. There's a great story, there's a great book, uh, um, book of Nehemiah. When Nehemiah was in captivity, he was a cupbearer. His city, Jerusalem, was destroyed. His walls were burned beyond recognition, just burned cities wide open. The walls represent, when the walls were down, the protection had left the city. People were coming back into Jerusalem. When them walls were down, that means they were, they were open for attack. And he left the king. He, he heard the word about it. He went and said, oh, man. He went around. He checked. Drove, and them days he didn't drove. He walked around all the gates, walked around the city, saw the condition of the city. But one of the biggest things he uh, saw, and can we stop for a moment? It's 1124. Amen. Uh, Tommy Lynn, why don't you come up and pray for us? You have the microphone over there? Did Pastor John take the microphone? There it is. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. We'll tell you what we're doing here. Go ahead and why don't you pray? I know, I'll put you on the spot. Because I love you. And Alan, is Alan's. Alan, he told me to do it. We ask you to follow Mark 11, 24, therefore, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and then it will be yours. We are believing for your vision mm. for this coming challenge. 
challenge that we have in front of us. Yes, Lord. Opportunity that we have in front of us. Yes, Lord. To build community with Avalanche. To enrich and enlarge your vision for GPC. Mm. In Jesus' name, I ask your blessings and your grace on the architects, on the workers, on the builders, on the pastors. Lord, please bless Pastor Rich, Pastor Donna, Pastor John, all the ones that have been involved in this. Ben and Mo, Lord, they have been so involved in this. We thank you so much for all their hard work. Help our unbelief, Lord. Mm. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That amazing or what, guys? As we unpack this message, I'll tell you exactly what we're doing that all of us can participate in. And then we were talking about going back to building community and Nehemiah, when he went around and saw, one of the hardest things he did see, though, was the people were settled for the destruction. They settled for the waste. They settled for things being torn apart because they felt like this is all there is. They didn't have a preferable future. They was existing just to exist. Even though they're the ones that God had called his favorite people, the Israelites, they have lost the vision of what God had for Jerusalem and what he wanted them when he brought them back to do. And, you know, today, when you look at it today, some of us have lost our vision, lost our way. We let life dictate our faith when we should have God dictate our faith. And we, can, we don't know. We'll wind up with looking at garbage and think it's, that's all there is. If you look around our neighborhood, don't, how many know enjoying our renovations that are going around across the street from us and all that? If you lived here a long time, you saw South District wasn't doing pretty well. And we had a, uh, one of the DCOA sent in an um, um, incentive package to get incentives for the building down here or building in our city. And they thought we weren't going to receive uh, anything for Abilene because Abilene is such a small city. We got to give it to Austin and give it to Dallas because they're fabulous cities. They forgot Abilene is the greatest city on the planet. Amen. And um, you need to clap for that. Amen. All right. Guys, let me help you out. When a New Yorker says Abilene is great, you need to clap for that. All right. So put the offering in the bucket on the way out. Anyway. Okay, here you go. And they couldn't fathom we received the grant. We received the incentive package. Well, it didn't go to downtown Abilene. Guess where it went? Guess where it's going? The South District where we live. And our neighborhood. So when we start reconstructing the parking lot, I'm going to the city. Now, it cost 38000 The city gave me 30000 I'll just pay the eight, okay? You better dare to believe. Ask not because, you know, you have not because you're going to ask not. So I'm going to ask. And if it doesn't work, I'll send someone else to ask. Anyway, but what he saw was in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 17 and 18, it says it all. It says, then I said to them, you see the trouble that we're in? You see the trouble we are in? Sound like today, didn't it? How Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates are burned. Come, let us build. Let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer suffer derision. And I told them of the hand of my God had been upon me for good. 
and also of the words that the king has spoken to me. And they said, let us rise up. Let us rise up, GPC. Let us rise up, Christians. Let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for the good work. And you know, the greatest achievements that we read about, about that happens in humanity, is accomplished when teams and community come together for a common good. To do something fantastic that we can't do on our own. And you see another thing. He had favor with God, which led favor with the king. When you have favor with God, it's going to leave favor with people. Whenever God's a burst of mission or a vision or a dream in your life, if you only you got favor with God, nothing can stop it. Drought can't stop it. People are talking about you can't stop it. Nothing can stop God's preferable future. It's his vision. It's his vision, which takes me to Grace Point Church. And while we have all these things around us, where we were, I'm going to start where we, where we were. If you know about Grace Point Church or you know about, we've been around about 28 years. We started North First Community Church. We were planted here by 1990 by Pastor Kevin York and Kevin Renee York out of Midland, Texas. And we were planted on North First. You have the building right there. It used to be the old... Uh, Goodwill building. Now it's a nightclub. It's called a spot. Everybody say spot. spot. So that's where we were planted, North First Community Church. Pastor Kevin and Renee came out of Midland, Texas. Our head, when I, in that time, our headquarters was in Midland, Texas. All our Texas church were part of a bigger body of churches called Every Nation. And we planted a church down. And when he came down, he went down North First. He looked over and saw this building that was for rent. He called the owner of the building. Well, the owner of the building uh, happens to be a lawyer, I mean a doctor, who lived in Odessa, Texas. So he said, well, okay, we'll get, we'll get together and we'll talk. He says, I have this desire to plant a church in Abilene, Texas, the type of church we want to plant. Multi-generational, multi-ethnic, multicultural church. Well, the, the doctor said, you know, Abilene needs a church like this. He said, okay, I can pay you $300 a month. He said, let me tell you something. If you can't make the $300 a month, what we'll do is we'll let you have it for free. A preferable future cannot be stopped. So, Pastor Kevin got in there. They opened the, they got the church started. $300 a month. He never missed a payment. He raised the rent himself. Man saw, the, the, saw the, just the vision of God, saw the, the goodness of God. The man was an unbeliever. Guess what? Comes to Abilene. In this building, he gets born again. Yes. Where we were. It's where we started. 1990. About three years later, we moved to Redbud. Redbud, YMCA. Now, there's some pictures on the back wall of all when we're in Redbud in little rooms. And, and did great. The church grew there. And I think we have a couple people who were there then. Were you there then, ma'am? Okay, we got we're tracking. Okay, if I get the dates wrong, you, you just tell them, okay? Because you know I'm old. Anyway. <laughs> and we got the, that building. 
and, they, and the church grew. And then in 1994, I believe, or 95, we moved into 221 Oak Street. 221 Oak Street was, at the time, this, this place you're standing in right now was the Southwest Bell Building offices. The other side was the probation office. So when you came into our church, you went straight here, and you had Miss Betty. Miss Betty was the receptionist. And you went in, came in that way, and you came to this worship area. The checkerboard room was our youth and multipurpose room. And there's pictures back there where we, they gutted this whole building and made a sanctuary. This place will hold, if we put the seats right, over 500 people. And put it there, and then a few years later, the probation office moved out when they were paying the rent here, and we got the rest of the building. And then we're able, in 2016, we're able, we wanted to pay off the building, and it was the worst uh, financial year we've ever existed, had as a church. And we owe $54,000 to the bank, and then we received a check for 50000 right before Easter 2016. So we didn't stop there. A couple people gave money, and then our staff came together and said, we want to be debt-free, um, praising God on Easter 2016 with no, with no debt. So we sat in the table, and we wrote checks. There's a covered, there's a covered, and we ran to the bank before the interest rate hit by 12 o'clock. Take it! <laughs> and we're debt-free. And at that point, God was speaking. That's awesome. Now, we had a plan. We had a plan to start a building campaign. But God, my board, I have three people on my board. I'm not a standalone church that told me it wasn't time yet. And they knew why, God knew why it wasn't time yet. We had to pay off the building. So we can be debt-free, and then we can start and do things with God to do. Now, through that time, guys, I want to just give you a little history. Again, we're going to be giving these out at the end of the service. Everything I'm saying is in here. Kevin York, Pastor Kevin York, was a founding pastor here. Now he's the executive director of Every Nation. He's on my board. Jeff Little also was the second pastor here. Um, he came here and spent a few years, and we planned the church from here. We took what well, we did. We just do, uh, how you plan a church? Well, you take 50 people and take the whole staff and plan a church. And God's grace said it worked. And then we had Jimmy Pruitt here. And all three of these three, all three of those men discipled me. I was here that long. I just want to tell you something, the power of staying. Amen. The power of staying. Amen. And I remember when I got here. And I was busted up sitting over there. And I got here because there was a man, a friend of mine. When I, wanted, I said, well, ministry is his, I'm done with his ministry. I'm finished with it. I'll just go hang out in your church, and I'll serve you. He said, Rich, it's not, a, it's not about friendship. You need to follow the destiny that God has for you. Yeah. And that Sunday I came here, and it, the rest is history. Now, Kevin York taught me about systems. Jeff Little taught me about leadership. And Jimmy Pruitt taught me about love. And I took all the pictures that they had back there, and I sent them a copy of it, and, and I said, I'm going to blackmail each and every one of you guys. <laughs> Because I'm going to put it on Facebook. No. So they're still looking for my, my pictures. I'm still looking for my pictures. Someone took them. I don't know what happened. Anyway, 
But if you look back there, you'll see people with big hair and, you know. And the interesting thing, the styles that you see in those pictures, they're back today. <laughs> Praise God. Okay. So that's the power of discipleship. I was discipled by those three great men. And then when it came time, they asked me, do you want to um, become senior pastor? They all agreed, yes, this is the next step. That's when we talk about we make disciples. We don't put out resumes. We build from the inside up. I'm a, I'm a son of the house going on um, 20 years now. And I have other people that have been here, the power of staying. So when you look at that, what we're doing is, and here's the, here's the, here's the down and, and uh, skinny what we're doing here. We're going to do a, spirit, a two-year spiritual journey, spiritual journey called Generations, where everyone's going to be able to participate. Where I'm getting the scripture, the main scripture, well, our sermon series is about, and what we'll keep doing to do, we want their belief for generations, for God to do something amazing. But the main scripture for generations is Psalm 145.4. So one generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. With that scripture saying, we're going to make the gospel known throughout our community, and we're going to teach to and for every generation. Every generation. GPC has been called, guys. Has been called by God to equip and empower every generation to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. When you go to our children's area and you see us doing the gospel project, our children are amazing because they're asking you some of the parents' questions the parents don't have answers to. <laughs> and we love it. Now, I've been privileged to be in this church to watch people carried in on, on, um, in carriers, and now they're driving off and almost hit me in the parking lot in the car. <clears throat> anyway. <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'll talk about me when I had hair. Is that okay? All right. I'll behave myself. I'll go later. But what it is, we've been called to do that. And it's bigger than us. But we're all going to do it because what we want to do, we've seen how we want to enhance our capacity to reach and enhance our capacity to build. What we want to do now, we've looked at this facility. We felt it was time to renovate our facility so we can accommodate more generations, all the generations, and add critical full-time staff and members for the purpose of reaching people and building community. If you notice, when you come in our building, you'll see this building, you can tell it's two buildings. We still have two electric bills. But as you come in, we have no lobby. Some of the guests come and stand in the hallway, and they stand there. Where are we going? Where are we going? Where are we have no lobby. What we wanted to do is construct and design a community space for all of us. Yeah. Coffee shop, all those areas that we can sit down, you can bring your friends. If you bring friends, they can wait for you over that area. You can take them where you need to go. We want to build a community spot. Also, for those of someone around our neighborhood wants to rent it out and use that place, we're going to build a great lobby. We already started some of the construction. Our nursery is moving from one point to another. Um, last week, we had 12, children, uh, 12 babies in our, our small nursery, and we broke ground to get our bigger nurseries getting started now. So, Because you look at when you come in that door on 221 Street, those two rooms will be taken out, yeah. and that will become one big lobby Amen. that we can have friends, we, we can do training, we can do equipping, we can do all those things. A place for fellowship. We don't have that. Amen. And that's for everybody. Second thing we want to do is upgrade our children's area. It's a desperate need of maintenance, 
an upgrade, and most important, security. We're going to shut that thing off, that no one can get back there. And we're going to redo the rooms, all the rooms, the hallway, everything, flooring, lighting, everything. But that's going to be shut off, and the only way to get in there is security-wise. That's it. No one's going to be walking down that hallway any longer. Because it's needed. Church is changing. We need, we have, uh, we got bombers, now we have people praying on children. It's not going to happen here. My wife is an ex-CPS worker, and she doesn't play. <laughs> she knows all the rules. So we want to have that environment so you feel safe to drop your children off, but we also, when we do that, we're going to open up our space to add more children. Our, our new nursery will better handle over 25 children. Next thing we want to do is our youth. Our youth needs a place to, uh, to uh, have their own designated worship, a hangout space, new lighting, equipment, and furniture. That used to be our old youth room there in that checkerboard room and our all-purpose room, but we're going to build a spot for them to have, construct a spot for them because they're part of this team. Okay. Next thing you want to do, this worship center that you're sitting in, these chairs will be going, this carpet will be going, new ceiling, new, work, no, uh, new equipment, new walls, everything, what we're going to do in here. We're going to soundproof it a whole lot, um, get it particularly right, so those who are my age don't think it's loud, and those your age, it sounds great, because you ought to see something. And then we're going to hope that we're going to put a nice air conditioning in here, so half the people aren't doing this, and other people are doing this. So we're going to do that, okay? And y'all say, yeah, Pastor Rich sees that, okay? I see that now. Um, and I'm part of this generation now. It's always hot. Okay. But the last thing we're going to do is to add staff. Full-time associate pastor, full-time children pastor, full-time youth pastor. Guys, we've been doing amazing. We're consistently um, 275 every week. And that's what dedicated, hardcore, part-time people who work full-time on a job and then come here and work full-time to this church. And they deserve to be paid. They deserve to only have to do one thing for Jesus. And we're going to have the faith, and we know we're going to have the faith for that, for God to do amazing work. So we, and they, what they'll do is actually what we need to continue to do, engage, establish, and equip, empower you for the work of ministry. So you have a greater touch and a greater reach for our community. Now, when I said all these things, here's the thing we want to know. Where's it going to take us? Well, where it's going to take us is this. With these renovations and staff additions, we're going to, get, we're going to focus. As you came in the door, as you go out the door, you'll see the sign at 79602. We're going to, we're going to become laser-beamed in one growing Zip code. 796 is the biggest growing zip code right now, and there's no churches there. But our reach, if I, where I live at and for here in the city, is only 19 miles from the church to my house, and I live in Potosi. There's a couple churches. That's the, that's, do you have Beltway on the west? There's nothing in the east. A couple churches, but nothing that a church like us has to offer. So we will focus on that. That's a targeted group of 21,000 people. That will give us a capacity to reach 21,000 people. And we have over 5,400 homeowners out there, and it's growing. It's growing. 2,500 renters, and now they're building more apartments. And we have McMurray University with 1,073 students. You can clap for that. 
And I'm, that age group for our 79602 is this, is 33.8 years old. And they have 2.7 people in the household. They have children. Now, that gives us the age to make sure we're around the next 100 years. Because that age can reach up and they can reach down. They can, they can, they're, the, they're the middle segment of society. Now, Abilene, Texas, our medium age for Abilene, Texas is 37 years old. That's why you're seeing all these restaurants open up for them to do things. That's why you have these, club, these bars over here opening up whiskey bars and food for that 37-year-old. Okay? Now I'm only 25. I got a way to go. <laughs> what you laughing at? Now to do this, it's going to cost us $200,000. But we're going to get it done in 24 months. And it's not about the construction. It's not about the hires. It's about opening up our capacity to reach people with the gospel and build, make disciples. And every one of us can participate. The greatest thing I love about our church is everyone does already participates. I make jokes about I love our college students. People say college students don't have any money. They're lying. No, they have, no one they have, they have faith. Because when I, and I make jokes, we, I don't make jokes, I actually, I look at, I'll, I have to look at our records quarterly. We have what we call push pay. And I appreciate the college student giving $1 to push pay and believing God to multiply that. And we're going to we unpack this series. A lot of things we're going to be unpacking. I want to really have a commitment from you to be here every single week. Amen. Don't miss a week. God's going to unpack more things of how we can participate together and do one of the greatest things in the history is open up our city to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we're the people to do it. Yeah. We are reaching. We are building. We are GPC. Yeah. So you're asking today, Pastor Rich, what are you going to do? What do you want me to do? First service, I said I wasn't going to cry. I cried. Second service, if I cry, oh well. <laughs> what I'm asking you to do is do exactly what God tells you to do. I'm asking you to say yes to God. I've said yes to God. A few, a bunch of our leaders have said yes to God. We believe in God to do great things. Yeah. We don't believe that we come to church. We believe we are the church. And we want, to act, we want to be more like the church and touch our community. Touch your community. Make your neighbors that who are um, stealing drugs turn their life around yeah. and, and share the gospel. Yeah. So I'm asking you to say yes. I'm also asking what we're asking you to do the next few years and beyond that. Because I didn't finish what we're gonna, what we're believing for, is asking you to dare to believe, dare to believe. What we're believing for during this time of our construction and after construction and renovations, we're believing in staff transitions. We're believing to grow five percent every year. That's twelve families. That's what we're believing for for the next five years. Because it's about when we stretch our faith, God adds to that faith. And we're believing God for that. We're always seeing movements of that. I love McMurray University. 
I always felt that would be the, 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 the universe is going to blow this town open. And then I just, oh, man, I was just so touched when those guys got baptized, those football players got baptized. So I told our, our college uh, uh, minister, uh, okay, it's 1,073 in, um, in McMurray. Two of them got baptized. You got 1,071 to go. And I told him this, uh, less than that is not optional. <laughs> Guys, less than 12 families is not optional. The gospel is not optional. It's the only thing that's going to change society. We already, know, we already know the problem. We already know the sickness, and we have the perfect prescription. We can't misdiagnose this because sin is easy to diagnose. But we need the gospel, nothing else, to change our lives and change people's lives. So I'm asking you to say yes, that you believe. Alan and Lindsay is what we call our spiritual journey directors, and he's going to come up. The guy says, he's coming up, guys, can you start handing, you're going to get two, you're going to get two things. You're going to get a prayer card, and you're going to get a uh, brochure. Everything I say is in this brochure in more detail. And he's going to tell you the next steps. Some of the steps that we had when 1124 was starting to pray. He's going to tell you that. And then after this is over, Pastor John will come up and tell you we got, we got food and we got kids, jumpy houses. Have a great time. I'm going to be available for any questions and answers you have. But there's other opportunities that you can get to talk, talk to me about it. I'm excited about what God's going to do. Commit every week. Even if you're not sure, you come every week and watch God transform your life.